You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Hey, welcome from Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and Brandon Atkins will be along momentarily. Hope everybody's doing all right out there. Trent and I will be holding it down here for a little bit, and we're going to kick it off. I want to start by saying I told you so. And you it's told a me little, so. Pre, it's a little premature, but I told you that if it was the Lakers' option to give up everything for Anthony Davis this season before the trade deadline, they absolutely had to go all in to make that happen, no matter what the cost. This is a league now that is driven by superstars, period. You can't put together a collection of spare parts, no matter how good those spare parts are, and win an NBA championship. And in a city like L.A., where the uh, franchise is storied as the Lakers' brand, you had to go get Anthony Davis. As I look forward into my crystal ball to July 1st, and the opening of the NBA signing period, I want to say that we've had some exciting post um, off seasons in the NBA for the last couple of years. There's been no doubt about that. You know, you had LeBron's decision this past year, which came pretty quickly. You had the whole drama with Kawhi, Kevin Durant a couple of years ago, the the late signing of Boogie Cousins. This off season will be an unprecedented opportunity for the NBA to dominate all media indefinitely through the offseason. And they've shown in the last three or four years that they've gotten better and better and better at this as Major League Baseball has gotten worse and worse and worse. And I want to touch on that here in a little bit. But here's the thing. The story of this offseason will revolve around the killer Ks. That's what I'm calling them. Clay Thompson, there's a K. Kevin Durant, Kimball Walker, Kyrie Irving. Those guys are part of the headliners in this year's free agent class. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, I forgot there's five of them. Kawhi Leonard. I told you, five. Killer case. (laughs) Those guys may or may not find new landing spots. But as we move on through this little journey, I'm finding it harder and harder to believe that L.A. is going to land any one of those guys. Um, The best that L.A. can do is to wreck shop for everybody else. I'm going to make a prediction right now. And Trent, you don't need to put this in writing. You can just commit it to memory. (laughs) The Los Angeles Lakers are going to walk out of this offseason and their only significant ad is going to be whom? Who's it going to be? Who's coming to L.A. to play with LeBron? Kevin Love. No. No. That's Kevin. a killer Kevin K. Kevin is not a Kevin Kevin Love is not a killer K. He is a uh misdemeanor. K. <laughs> he, he's a he's an assault and battery K. 
Um, it's going to be Boogie Cousins. Now, my question is, does Boogie Cousins and LeBron James, does that even move the needle? And I don't think that it does. Here's a newsflash for you. Kevin Durant's business partner has opened up shop in New York City. So last week we heard Kevin Durant get salty with reporters. Say, ah, I, didn't, I didn't say anything about the Knicks. Ah, listen, KD is going to the state of New York. And I'm not certain yet that it's going to be the Knicks. It may as well be Brooklyn because they have even more cap space than the Knicks do. KD is going to Brooklyn or to New York, and he is taking somebody with him. That begs the question, who's it going to be? If he goes to the Knicks, the Knicks have plenty of firepower in the way of picks and young assets to deal for Anthony Davis and get that done. Anthony Davis published a short list of teams that he's willing to sign with. New York, right up there with L.A. Nobody wants to do business with Magic Johnson in L.A. and more specifically with LeBron James. I think the owners are tired of hearing about slave mentalities, players not having any control, while they watch LeBron James do exactly what he wants and orchestrate exactly what he wants. Who who is there that has been a more powerful figure in sports on the American landscape over the last 10 years than LeBron James? You got anybody you can throw out there? LeBron James has run the NBA for all intents and purposes. He created this monster that we now call super teams. He's gotten it wrong by going to L.A. He thought, the power of my personality, I can go out there, people are just going to come on in lockstep. Well, that may have been the case. She had the opportunity with Paul George. That didn't happen. Then people were like, ah, well, that's just Paul George. Paul George is one of the best three players in the NBA this year, period. They didn't pull the trigger because they got greedy. Ah, we don't need to give up Brandon Ingram. We can just wait until he's a free agent. It's a done deal. And then you and I sat here and we played the slide presentation <laughs> that Magic and his people presented with Paul George, and it was a non-starter. Paul George is in OKC, and frankly, Paul George seems pretty happy to be where he's at in OKC, as does Russell Westbrook, which is an interesting thing in and of itself because all this angst among stars in Boston and the rest of that stuff seems like a happy situation in OKC. And quietly, while nobody's been paying attention because you got Harden putting in 30 a night, you got the whole Anthony Davis saga, you've got the Celtics soap opera, you've got Magic trying to to uh, tamper with Ben Simmons, LeBron James and all his little TV stuff. And oh, by the way, Oklahoma City's half a game behind Denver for the two seed in the West. What? And How OKC did I miss that? <laughs> is for real. Yeah. Write that down. We're talking about well, if LeBron can get the Warriors in the in the playoffs or in the in the conference championship, shut up, just shut up with that. L.A. has no shot against OKC in a seven game series, period. So that's one team they can't get past. I'm pretty sure they can't beat Denver in a, in a seven game series. Um, I would love to see them have to run up and outscore Houston. That'd be fun to see. L.A. is not going to make any hay in the playoffs. But back to my original point. We'll get back in there. If they can even make it. If they can even make it. If. That's the next question that's coming. But here's the situation. I've already taken KD off the board. KD's not going down to play with LeBron. If KD just wants to win rings, he'll stay right where he's at with Golden State. They've already shown they can do that. The rest of the NBA is playing catch-up. KD's not for that. 
going to play with LeBron, we've said this a million times, doesn't do anything to advance Kevin Durant's legacy. He's not going to L.A. It's just not going to happen. And LeBron taking him number one in the all-star draft, it doesn't matter. KD's not going to do that. It's not going to happen. I also believe that I know for certain that Kyrie Irving, the phone call aside, is not going to go back and play with LeBron James. We've seen that act. I don't think Kyrie has the stomach for it, and I'm not sure that LeBron would want it. Besides, of the possible pieces that are out there, Kyrie's probably the worst fit because he has to have the ball in his hands to be effective. Those are both absolutely 100% on-the-ball players. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Kyrie realizes that, and if he wants to be recognized as a superstar in the NBA, he can't do it with LeBron on the floor with him at the same time. So that's two of them gone. Now that brings us to Kawhi Leonard. I believe Kawhi is going to stay right there in Toronto. What more could Toronto have done over the course of the last four or five months to show they are committed to winning at all costs? They want to build that team around Kawhi, and Kawhi can do it in a large market with plenty of opportunities, but yet maintain this pseudo-anonymity up there, which seems to be what he wants. The idea of him going out to L.A. sounds good in theory because he loves California, but whether it's to the Lakers or even to the Clippers, that spotlight burns bright. I don't know that Kawhi Leonard wants to be microphone in face, accosted at every turn for the next four or five years. That's three down. Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker and LeBron is a bad fit, period. As much as Kyrie is an on-the-ball player, Kimba is even more so. Not to mention the fact that as much as I love Kimba Walker, and I personally believe he is the greatest Hornet of all time at this point, um, Kimba is useless off the ball. Not bad. He's useless off the ball. He has to have the ball in his hands to be effective. Uh, the idea of him being some sort of spot-up shooter or whatever the case might be in a LeBron-led offense doesn't make any sense. And... I have to believe in my heart of hearts that at some point down the road, Kimba's going to get re-signed with the Hornets and stay there. Um, they're a fringe playoff team. Brandon likes to say being on that seven or eight line is the worst place to be. I agree. That's where Charlotte's going to end up this year. Uh, best case for them, they could finish in the nine spot and end up in the lottery, but I don't think it's going to happen. They'll continue to be a very middling team, but Kimba seems okay with that, which is kind of bizarre to me. What do you think happened with the Mark Gasol? I think, well, I know for certain. Here, here's you think the Jordan first, screwed that up? Uh, I think they screwed it up. But it, it what it came down to was the pick. Initially in the talks, they were going to include a pick, and it wasn't going to be lottery protected. Then they wanted to make it lottery protected. Memphis balked at the last minute. But here's the problem as I got out of here, because that story broke while we were on the air. Bottom line is, had they signed or had they gotten this deal for Gasol done, it probably meant Kimball wasn't going to be back. And if Kimball was going to be back, it meant that Lamb was gone for certain and there were going to be some other financial issues. Charlotte's done an awful job managing the cap. They're in as bad a situation as anybody. When you want to look at bad contracts, no look, for, look no farther than Charlotte because there's a whole host of them. Bringing in Gasol would have been a great move for the short term. And, and we all agreed before we left out of here, Charlotte – if they add Gasol, probably the fifth best team in the East. But what's that mean? Fifth best team in the East and for how long? 
because if it means Kimba's got to go at the end of the year, that's that's a net negative all the way. So I think that as they got into it and it became a more realistic thing and they looked at the at the short-term cap crunch it was going to create, I think they realized maybe this is chopping off our nose uh, to spite our face. But it all came down to whether the protection was going to be associated with that pick, how it was going to convey, and Memphis felt like they had a deal, and then Charlotte came back and asked for stronger protection on the pick, and Memphis wasn't trying to hear that. And in the end, I think Memphis actually made a good deal for themselves, um, and this was a win-win because it definitely improved post-play for Toronto. Memphis is in full-blown rebuild. If they were going to keep one of the two guys, Conley was probably the guy to keep. Uh, he's a couple years younger. He wanted to be there. Um, I like that Memphis got Valachunas back in the deal. It's not a bad deal for Memphis, who just is sputtering and cannot get out of injury troubles uh, for the last couple of years. People forget four or five years ago how good Memphis was. They just couldn't get over the hump and get to an NBA Finals. But Toronto made a great move. Um, Charlotte did not. So, Kyrie, not going to L.A. KD, not going to L.A. Kawhi Leonard, I find it very hard to believe he's going to go out there and play with LeBron James. He may be the one of these killer Ks that there is some hope for. Kimball Walker's a bad fit, and I don't think he's going to find his way out there anyway. And frankly, given the option, Kimba's a New York kid. He probably would go sign with the Knicks much quicker than he would sign with L.A., uh, but who knows how that's going to come down. And that leaves Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson. And that's the name that keeps getting thrown out there. And we've we talked about this a few weeks ago. Of all of the players in the NBA, Clay Thompson might be the best fit to play alongside LeBron James. Absolutely does not need the ball in his hands on the dribble. He's the spot-up shooter. He's a two-way player You know, who's almost peerless with what he does. But my question to you, Trent, why in the blue hell would Clay Thompson leave Golden State if they're going to give him a Supermax? Yeah, that's it. There's no way. And with KD out of the mix, that solves it right there. Clay stays. All right, we'll finish those thoughts, talk a little bit more about that on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Chris Lambert, Trent Nichols. We're talking a little NBA, running down the killer K's, trying to explain, finally, and eventually, I promise, as to why the Lakers have screwed this whole thing up. Um, so that leaves at this point. We talked about Kawhi. Kawhi, I guess there's a possibility out there. Um, if it comes down to it, the Clippers have a gazillion dollars in cap space. They have the richest owner in American pro sports, um, or one of, Paul Allen. Paul Allen still owns the Seahawks? 
Yeah. Yeah. In Portland. Just, yeah, he's, he's still conscious. But Steve Ballmer is a rich guy's rich guy. Um, $40 million net worth. Just to give perspective, Mark Cuban's net worth, and Mark Cuban is widely recognized in American society as a really, really rich guy. Mark Cuban's net worth is about $3 billion. So Steve Ballmer has a net worth that's 14 times that. Whew. 13 times that. I mean, that that tells you how rich Steve Ballmer is. That's like us sitting here with Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, a 13 doesn't begin to doesn't begin to touch it. But here's here's the thing with that is that Steve Ballmer's not a guy that bought the Clippers and was like, "Oh, we could you know, we can make some money." No. He can own that franchise for a zillion years and never make $40 billion from it. Steve Ballmer's got more money than anybody out there. He came to win a championship. You know, there have been plenty of efforts through the years to validate that Clippers franchise, the best of which was Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and they couldn't win a title. Ballmer was part of what, Microsoft? Yes. They have now at this point blown that up completely. No, he, was he Microsoft? No, he was Google. I have to look it up. Yeah, me too. It's one of the tech companies. I, I was going to throw out my conspiracy of it could be. Clippers to Seattle. Ooh. Well, I don't think they're in any rush to move. There's plenty of corporate money there in L.A. Um, I don't know. But back to my point, thanks for the ADD check there. Sorry. Um, Kimba, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. I've cataloged why those guys aren't going to go. Kawhi, probably not going to go. Clay Thompson, we tried to – I asked you the question, why would he leave Golden State? He and Steph Curry, if they can win a couple more titles out there, they're in uncharted territory. Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. good call. Um, they're in uncharted territory. Why screw that up? Yeah, I mean, because they've already proven that even without KD, they can win. Uh, they're not going to lose Draymond yet. He's not going to get that Supermax. You take – KD out of there, give Clay the money. You got the Splash Brothers. Well, they're fine. And and it begs the question, you know, the Splash Brothers minus Durant minus Boogie Cousins because Cousins ain't gonna be around. Now they've come back to the pack. And what was a really really good team a few years ago, now is like eh, all right. Look what's happened around them. Everybody else has got you know all of the contenders have got a star or two, in some cases three. I want to point to Philadelphia. They're moving, but all the stars are moving east. That's the amazing piece, isn't it? all these guys see the east is weak. So we might see this flip in. Brother, I don't see it. I'm going to tell you right now. If you look at the west, you know, coming into this season, we're like, oh, my God, you know, all the best eight teams are in in the west except for maybe Boston. Well, first of all, Boston's no better than the fourth best team in the East right now. The impact Kawhi had in Toronto, I don't think anybody saw coming. Mm -hmm. Giannis has grown from being a really fun guy to watch to one of the very best players in basketball and has sucked that Bucks team with him. Philly, who was a nice squad to start the season based on Embiid and Simmons, became a really interesting squad when they added Jimmy Butler. And now, brother, let me tell you something. Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons on the floor together as your four core ball players. Mm. 
Brother, I'm not sure that I don't know how much I give the nod to Golden State, but it's not by a whole lot. Now, if I take the four best players for Golden State and I subtract Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins, buddy, there's no question Philly's the better ball club. Mm-hmm. So these teams, and I think notionally a couple years ago, it was like, well, we'll just go through you know enough bad years until that Golden State team runs its course. I don't think people anticipated it would come this quick, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely coming. Now, Golden State will batten down the hatches. Curry's going to be there till he dies. I'm sure that they'll get Thompson locked up long term. If Durant does leave, that probably ensures they've got enough money floating around to keep Draymond Green in place. Okay. Curry, Thompson, Green. Eh? I mean, I'm, I'm nonplussed. Look at some of the cores that you have in some of these cities around there. Man, I don't I I don't know. I mean, Steph Curry is an all NBA type player. Klay Thompson's a really, really good player. Is he really an all NBA caliber player? And Draymond Green most certainly is not that type of player. Look at OKC. Russell Westbrook and Paul George. It would be hard to create a top ten list for current NBA players and not have those two guys included. Look at Philly. You definitely have to have Embiid on that list. Simmons is probably on the list. Butler's near that list, and Harris isn't too far behind. Things are even are equaling out. They're evening themselves out, and it's getting really, really interesting how this power shift preseason, we were like, ah, they ought to just reseed the playoffs and not care whether they come from the West or the East. It's stupid to even talk that way. These things handle themselves. The West, all of a sudden, not that juggernaut. Hell, Denver is the two seed out West. The very casual amongst the basketball fans can't name three players on that Denver roster. And it's not a fluke, by the way. Denver is really, really good. They can't name two players, maybe even one. Well, I think most I think most of the kids at this point know Jokic's name. Um, Jamal Murray's out there. They, they've, they've got some guys that were they in a little bit bigger market, everybody would know about them. But don't be confused. Denver's really good. OKC is absolutely on the come. I'm going to tell you that Paul George staying in OKC, I wasn't really truly 100% blown away with it when it happened. I thought this was cool, but I've never been a guy that was like, Paul George is a top five player in the NBA. This year, he shut everybody up. He is absolutely playing the best basketball of his career right now. And last night, put a cap on it, he and Russell Westbrook became only the ninth set of teammates in NBA history to record triple-doubles. And George had 47 points on the way to his triple-double. Uh, Russell Westbrook, the very same night, had it, had his 10th consecutive triple-double NBA record. Those boys are playing ball. And the group around them, the team that they have built, they have a monster in the middle who just does the dirty work in Steven Adams. But when you look at their wings and that bench, Diallo, Grant, these guys are long athletes that will run you into the ground. They will work you. They will play defense. They create matchup problems. I like OKC a lot. Now, without an injury of significance to Golden State, OKC can't beat them this year. But next year, Sands, Durant, and Green, if things stay pat, the way they are right now, I don't know why OKC wouldn't be favored to win the West next year. Am I crazy? No. 
Absolutely not. I don't think so. I'm glad that you would say OKC because everyone was like, oh, Houston's ripe for the picking. Man, Houston's nothing. I mean, they're a good team, but you can't really have team. a star that has to score 57 points here's the a thing. night to win. Here's the thing is is Harden right now, and it's funny, we talked about you know Kobe Bryant's comments about Harden the other day. Harden got has 30 in 30 straight games now. It's an unbelievable accomplishment. He's doing things that the only the only other person I've ever seen play at this level <coughs> for an extended stretch is Michael Jordan. Um, when it comes to stuffing a stat sheet, Houston though every month that goes by, they're farther away from their peak performance. Chris Paul's knees are shot. He's playing. There's no cartilage left in those knees. Both meniscus are gone. Chris Paul is on borrowed time. They knew that when they signed this extension with him. He still cannot manage to stay healthy. And without Chris Paul to compliment Harden, there is not enough star power on that team moving forward. Brandon is the quickest to say, and I have to agree with him on this, Harden's game does not translate to the postseason. When teams are legitimately playing defense and they're locked down and you have to rely on your athleticism, Harden is not one of the best five players in the NBA. During regular season, I think he's the indisputable MVP this year. Back-to-back MVPs, which pretty much solidifies his his placing in the Hall of Fame. I think he's there as a lock as a back-to-back MVP, but his game does not translate to the postseason. And without Paul and his mid-range game and his, his ability to stay on the ball, that's just as big a part of it as anything is right now, Harden not only does all that scoring, he has the ball in his hands all the time. And when you're playing postseason basketball and you have to actually play defense and you're supposed to be the the primary ball handler and the primary scorer, that's too much. No, it's too easy. You take him out, that's it. I mean, they're not going to survive a seven-game series. And the rest of the stuff that they have there in Mm -hmm. Houston is complimentary players. I love the pickup of Fareed. I thought – Two years ago, said Cleveland, go get Kenneth Reed. He's a great pickup, but he's not going to contribute offensively. All right, we'll see you. We're into the first hard break. You're listening from the cheap seats. Thanks for hanging out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. 
Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now... From Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Welcome back, Central North Carolina's own from the cheap seats, Krista Lambert, Trent Nichols. Talking basketball, and I feel like it's not much of a collective conversation. I've been on kind of a tirade. And, no, it's uh, been very good. Has Don't it worry. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. It, it, so we're, we're talking about the impending 2019 NBA draft class, or free agent class, rather. And I think I've made a decent case that all of the top five players are going to be unavailable to go out to L.A. Now, the conventional wisdom when LeBron made his jump to the Lakers last year, was pretty simple. Well, you know, he'll spend a year out there bumming around, um, but he's going to have Boogie Cousins and Paul George there with him. And the Lakers decided not to pull the trigger on Paul George. We'll just sign him as a free agent. That didn't work out. Then they never even made a run at Boogie Cousins. Cousins signs, screws everything up. For the entire league and signs on the mid-level exception with Golden State. I think he's the most likely of these free agents to roll out there to LA. But my question, if we've learned anything in the last six months about Boogie Cousins, it's that he's a man of principle. <laughs> and I'm not sure that he's willing to come back and be their plan C or D or E, which it appears that he is. And I'm not sure that he's going to be willing to go out there. He's going to be out of his, his place of employment to choose from. The Clippers have multiple max slots available. Brooklyn has multiple max slots available. Dallas always finds a way to have that kind of money out there. Um, Boston will be able to do it if Kyrie moves on. So... And then there's always the, op, the the possibility, and you asked me during the break, why wouldn't Boogie just stay in Golden State? Well, if, K, if KD moves on, the numbers get tight, but it is conceivable that they could re-sign Boogie Cousins to just rebuild with him in place of KD. So the, all of those are options. So there's no dead set certainty that Boogie Cousins is any more likely to go play with LeBron than anybody else. And here's where things get crazy. Those are six players right there that you can build a franchise around. Mm -hmm. The 2020 class of free agents in the NBA is trash. You basically have Anthony Davis, and you have to assume 
that by the time the 2020 free agent period rolls around, Anthony Davis already be spoken for. Nobody is going to give up the haul it's going to take to get him out of New Orleans without an assurance that he's going to re-sign with that squad. So whether it's New York, Boston, the Clippers, Dallas, whoever makes this move for him, because there's no chance he starts the season in New Orleans. It'll be an absolute full-on auction. We've cataloged this, that the Knicks and the Celtics are probably the two teams best poised in terms of assets to trade for him. Um, If Boston wants him, I think Boston can get him. The problem is whether he wants to go there without Kyrie. And second, sans Kyrie, whether Boston wants to give up what it's going to take to get him there. Now, if they can structure a deal, and I know this is going to hurt your feelings, me saying this, if Boston can structure a deal with New Orleans, it may be contingent upon New Orleans taking Gordon Hayward as part of the package. Mm. And I know that stings, but if you look at that team right now, we were crowing about how great Al Horford was in the playoffs last year, and he's a difference maker. Al Horford's not getting any younger, and he is on a max deal. And in the pantheon of max deals that are out there in the NBA, Al Horford's bottom third easily, maybe in the bottom 20%, uh, depending upon how pessimistically you want to look at it. Enos Kanter's probably still the worst. But Al Horford and his $20 million a year or whatever he's making, it's a lot of change for what you're getting out of a guy right now who basically is a mid-tier starting center in the NBA. Gordon Hayward has not made it back psychologically from his injury yet. He may still. And Brad Stevens seems committed toward easing him back into the rotation. But all of the drama that's going on in Boston right now, it's hard for me to look at it and pin it on Kyrie where I think it really has a whole lot more to do with Gordon Hayward. If you're looking, the the number one thing that motivates players in the NBA once they're on the team is minutes. When you're looking at a guy like Hayward, who's been ineffective by any any measure, his 25 to 28 minutes a night could easily be sprinkled between Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, whomever, and it's not. And they're watching this guy, and they're like, well, you know, coach did have him in college. They've got a special relationship. The franchise went all in to get him here, pulled out all the stops, but he's not doing anything. He's not helping us win ball games. I think that's at the root of it. And Danny Ainge, if we've seen anything from him as a GM, he's heartless. So I don't know. Maybe he's the centerpiece of a package going back to New Orleans and they're they're willing to make it even richer. But my point with Boogie Cousins, he's going to have a lot of places to choose from. Maybe he goes out to L.A., but I cannot get excited about the prospect of L.A. with LeBron and Boogie Cousins being the championship favorite out in the West. It's just where I'm at with that. Now, back I said the 2020 class. You've got A.D. You have to figure he's going to be signed long-term somewhere or committed to sign long-term, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's Boston, whomever, wherever he goes, I think he's going to land there and he'll probably play the rest of his career there. The only other big-time guy that's out there in the 2020 class is Porzingis. And Porzingis is a lot of fun to watch when he's healthy. But he's been injured as much as he's been healthy since he came into the league. There are not very many seven foot three guys who have had staying power in the NBA. Even in a league of very, very tall human beings, seven foot three is extraordinarily tall. Those guys don't stay healthy. Look at Ralph Sampson. Look at Yao Ming. Um, 
Those are not guys that were able to do it. It's too much pounding on the lower half of their bodies. I don't know if Porzingis is going to be caught in that trap or whether he's going to be a very, very good player. But it would be hard for me to look at that and say this is a franchise foundation piece. He has made it very clear since New York sent him down there to Dallas, he's going to sign his tender, which means he plays really cheap this upcoming year and that is an unrestricted free agent the following year. Well, and Mark Cuban already said that he made the mistake of letting Nash go early yeah. and took him away from Dirk. He's not going to do it again. Well, so he's going to keep these guys, Dunkage and, you know. Well, here's my Porzingis thing with Porzingis is Porzingis, you know. I think we talked about this a little last week, and I want to hit it again. Mark Cuban is not a guy who's going to believe anybody's going to tell him no. I mean, he feels like he's the consummate salesman. He took care of players at a level nobody else in the NBA was doing when he bought that franchise. It became one of the most attractive gigs in professional sports because of everything was players first. He's still that guy. That franchise will absolutely give Porzingis everything he wants personally and everything it takes for him to succeed. Dallas, not a bad place to be. And, oh, by the way, you've got one of the best young players to come into the league since LeBron James. So Porzingis, even though it's irrational how almost militant he is about his contract now. You know, before he even reports to Dallas, he's telling the world, I'm going to sign my tender. Dude, why don't you go down there and give Dallas a chance for a second? You know, it's not the hustle and bustle of New York City. It's not microphones in your face every day. It's not, you know, fighting through traffic and a mass of humanity to get to everywhere you need to be. Dallas is a pretty cool place to be. The weather's great. No state taxes. No state taxes. That's a huge deal for guys like that. I don't understand why everybody's not trying to play in Texas <laughs> or Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. So, but that's what you have in the 2020 class is AD, who's probably going to be spoken for. Porzingis, I'd say it's less than 50-50 he's going to leave Dallas. So, all of a sudden with, well, just count on LeBron to show up in L.A. and recruit all his boys to come play with him. Bro, how's that working out? I don't. They're in, and they're about to be in a situation as a franchise where Charlotte's been for the last five years, where they're at the seven or eight or nine line. So even if they're in the lottery, they're picking twelfth or fourteenth. They're in big, big trouble out in L.A. And this all-in with LeBron thing, all these cats that are out there considering their next place to move, they have to consider for a second. And I know this is heresy because he is one of the all-time greats. All of these guys have to be looking and thinking, if LeBron goes, yeah, it's L.A., but Magic's still running the franchise. Name for me, other than signing LeBron James, one thing they've gotten right. If they had drafted well, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If you draft Tatum instead of Lonzo Ball, we're not having this conversation. You know, they lucked up into Kuzma, who's a pretty good player. Josh Hart, they can't seem to figure out, is really, really good. Jordan Clarkson had all the tools you needed to develop. They haven't developed any of these young players. 
Brandon Ingram's getting, you know, 20 on any given night right now, but Brandon Ingram should be a guy that is the centerpiece of your offense as is developed. None of these guys ever get any better out there in that franchise. And you can hang it on Luke Walton, you can hang it on Magic, you can hang it on any combination, but it is the franchise's fault. Then you look at the spending spree they went on this summer for this garbage they brought in led by Rondo. It's hard for me to get excited if I'm a if I'm a, a up and coming free agent and looking, huh? I don't know that I'm excited about going out there and being the second fiddle for LeBron until he decides he doesn't want to do this anymore, and then I'm left here. Now, there is part of that that's mitigated by the fact that it is L.A. and it is one of the premium franchises in the world, but that bar is so high. When you think about LeBron right now. There really isn't a conversation that involves him not being at at least the second best player in the NBA. His legacy stands to be tarnished if he cannot get a ring in L.A. If you can't go to L.A. and recruit players, you can't recruit them to anywhere. And you made your bed. Nobody's ever going to give him any love and say, well, you know, he had to go out there. He got traded, whatever the case might be. No, he manipulated this. And this was planned years in advance. He got there on his terms. He has to deal with the repercussions. If you look back from a historical standpoint at the Los Angeles Lakers, none of those marquee names out in L.A. have ever gone without winning a title. Shaq, Kobe, Wilt, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, titles, If LeBron doesn't get one in the next one, two, three, four, I don't know how many years he's going to play. What do you think? Four maybe? Yeah. If he doesn't get one in that window, if you think that doesn't tarnish his career and his legacy, you are crazy. I think in the next four years, if he makes it that long, he'll only get to one conference finals, but he will. I I don't think he'll ever win a ring there. Wow. That's and a I pretty stout that, statement. I didn't think he would when he signed with them. Well, and you can't, you know, part of it's his own fault because you can't profess and have everybody on your behalf profess he's in the prime of his career. He's like unlike any other athlete we've ever seen, blah, 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 blah. Well, he is in his prime. And I'm going to tell you that last year, putting that Cavaliers team on his back, getting past Boston, getting into the finals, it was an amazing performance. But now he's out in L.A. and he's on a really not very good team. And he just went through the worst injury of his career. Yeah. And I think that's the beginning of the end. Well, it's really the first significant injury he's had in his entire career. And it may be the precursor to something bigger coming down the road. Father Mm -hmm. Time, undefeated. Unless unless Father Time is playing against Tom Brady, he's undefeated, (laughs) my man. Oh, he's roping open him. (laughs) He's roping open. There's no doubt. He's he's got. It. I think Father right Time's like, him. "Yo, dog, you have kids by two supermodels. I'm gonna just go mess with LeBron for a little bit. You can just be who you do. It could be what be it, it be. could be what it is. It could be that you know he's punch drunk from messing with Tom Brady. He's like, look, I'm going to find a softer target. Let me go find LeBron. We'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening from the Cheesies. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, 
I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, I want to get to the Kareem Hunt situation in Cleveland before too long. But before we do that, Trent, i got a couple questions for you. Yes, sir. We can do this rapid fire or I can give you you know, short answer, essays, multiple choice. You decide the format. Okay. What, what's the format? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> rapid fire. Rapid fire. Who's the second best team in the West? Uh, in basketball? Yes, sir. Uh, Houston. Really? No. That's interesting that you say that. For now. Okay. Uh, who are your two participants in the Eastern Conference Finals? It's going to be hard for you to not pick Boston. I know, but I'm still going to go with Boston and Philly now. All right, who wins it? This know, is where I flop. That sucks, right? Ever since the uh, trade deadline. I'm sorry, Brad. I love you still, but... Philly. Philly's tough to beat, man. Yep. Philly, the, the thing that gets me with Philly is when you look at a matchup with Golden State, the problem Golden State has is, is matchups. Um, they're long. They can score from, from all five positions. If I were Brett Brown, and frankly, I'm not sure I'd do a worse job of coaching the <laughs> team than Brett Brown. Brett, Brett Brown's garbage. Brown. He is the weak link. I hope people out there realize. And if Philly doesn't win this, I, I, I know some people really close to the Philly franchise who are 100% certain, they they say with no hesitation, Brett Brown is safe. Man, if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, Brett Brown's got to go. Yeah, they this might squad as well that get he's been Larry given. Brown back. Jeez. Now, oh, geez. Did I love really Larry Brown. say that? I love Larry Brown. Wow. Remind me off air, I'll tell you a story about uh, Larry Brown, that the guy that sits in that seat told me. I'm sure he wouldn't want oh, shared no. with the general public. Um, here's the thing with, with Philly is I, I heard it, posed as a question today well you know what are you going to do with with uh boogie cousins i I don't even understand the question yeah so if i'm brett brown here are my defensive matchups when the starting five for the golden state's on the floor i'm putting jimmy butler on steph Mm -hmm. period lock him down Embiid obviously plays against cousins i think those are pretty two good matchups in fact defensively i think Embiid and Butler are better defenders than the than the converse of that. Now, here's the the issue. 
Simmons. You got Simmons who you can either put on KD or on to Clay Thompson. I'm going to let Simmons check Thompson, hmm. and I'm going to put Tobias Harris, who's not a great defender, but he's a long defender. I'm going to put him on a KD who can harass him. But you can interchange those. People forget Ben Simmons is 6'10". Yeah. Uh, KD says he's 6'9", or whatever. He's closer to 7 foot, but whatever. I think it's enough to harass him, but that leaves the weirdest thing here. And this is why I put this out there like that for people to chew on. I'd put J.J. Redick – on Draymond Green. Interesting. Draymond Green is the problem. Because Draymond <coughs> Green, with the way he's able to create spacing, because he can play away from the ball and he can defend all four positions, Draymond Green creates the problem. But if you put, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this now, if Brett Brown lines up and puts whomever that shooter is on Steph Curry, Golden State will blow them out. Jimmy Butler on Steph Curry is a winning matchup for Philly. Put Reddick, who has to stay in the game for spacing. Reddick's your best option as far as the fifth starter. Put Reddick on Draymond Green. Is Draymond going to post him up down the paint? Yeah, sure. Is he going to take him out on the floor and try and beat him? Sure. But if I've got one of the five Golden State Warriors starters that's going to beat me, let it be Draymond Green. Show me. I mean, it's not as so if they're on So why not Redick on KD? Are you kidding me? KD will drop Eat 50 him a night. Okay. Draymond's not going to get 50. Draymond may have a game where he goes for 25 or 30. But if he's going to beat you, let him beat you. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he wants to go down and back him into the paint and try to get why those Why not Simmons bucks, on uh, Draymond? Because then you've got – look, here. Let me let me explain this to you, Trent, since you're being a hard head. Yeah. Golden State as a starting five has four really good scoring options. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Boogie Cousins. I don't want either one of, any one of those four guys to beat me. I want to make Draymond Green beat me. And if we lose, cool. But it's not as if we can't switch anyway. You know what I'm saying? But, but isn't, is Redick a better defender than Simmons? Redick's a horrible defender. He's okay. a chase defender. Well, I didn't. That's what I'm trying to Simmons get. Simmons is not a great defender. I'm playing defender, dumb. I don't is, know nothing. Simmons is not a great defender, but Simmons is long. I mean, he creates a problem just because he's long. Yeah. Redick is a, a small guy. He's a chase defender. He is a willing defender, and he'll work hard. And Green will get the better of that matchup. But I'd much rather see Green come down and put up 20 or 25 a night during that series than to watch KD or Steph or Clay torch me for forty five, where they're shooting sixty five percent from three. You know who I'd really, I'd really like to see who? is uh, T J O'Connor coming off the bench. I think he will give Steph nightmares. I think T J T J can come off the bench and gives him good minutes. He's yeah. underrated. He's a high energy backup. Um, He'll be pesky enough. I think he could uh, pesky. be right He'll there, make man. Him work a little bit. Yeah, He'll make him I'll work like a little bit. I like that. So. That's my formula that's good. for possible success for Philly. Well, that's the thing. So I thought going into this year that the Celtics were built the best to compete and probably losing about six games to Golden State. But now I think Philly could – I mean, they could shock the world. They could beat them. I think well, they I, are built 100% the best to beat 
Golden State. I'm not sure that if given the opportunity, if if Milwaukee can get out of the East, I'm not sure Milwaukee doesn't make that series really interesting. Yeah, and I, whether I, whether they beat them or not, it'd be one hell of an interesting I'm, uh, series. I'm just a little bit too. Uh, ignorant on Milwaukee oh, to be really? able to judge that. I know a Oof. lot more about Philly and obviously Boston to be able to put my educated knowledge in there. Milwaukee's unbelievably athletic. They're so long. Well, they're and, never on TV, so I never get to well, see that's them. that's TNT and ESPN, <laughs> you know. Um, all right, so let's pivot a little bit. Um, let me ask you this question. Had the Denver Broncos signed Kareem Hunt – yesterday how would you feel about it i really honestly i wouldn't have had an issue i don't think anybody would i'm glad you were honest and candid that way i mean i would have been actually pretty happy i think he's a great i think he's a steal you know aside from this thing now the nfl needs to figure out what they're going to be doing because they either need to have a no tolerance policy or just ignore this and stop, you know, pretending like they care. Well, here's the here's the thing: the NFL people. But honestly, the watching the video is it as was it as bad as the Ray Rice no. video? No, not for, even close. There, there, there's a couple things at play. First of all, there was no personal relationship between the two of these folks. Yeah. So that's number one. This wasn't a relationship, domestic violence type of situation. This was a horrible horrible action mm-hmm. and bad judgment by Kareem Hunt. But to pretend that it wasn't provoked on some level is kind of silly, too. But it wasn't horrible enough for the police to even investigate it no. or press charges. No, there, there were, it was messy. And frankly, had it not been on, on video, it would have been a whole different thing. Yeah. So I'm not trying to and, – and don't, anybody out there that's listening, don't, I'm not trying to excuse this guy. Well, no, but neither am I. Brent and I talk, I talked about this for – half an hour on the phone the other day yeah. I've been divorced a couple times I've been in some awful relationships and I've never once even considered putting my hands on a woman that includes walking through a door one day and being hit with a cast iron pan and I turned and walked out of the door yeah. because I was like I'm about to kill somebody um, and, and anybody that's out there listening there is no excuse mm-hmm. there absolutely Zero. is not the NFL has not yet made a determination what they're going to do with this guy. The thing that bothers me the most is not that this guy had this incident. That's bad all by itself. Mm -hmm. The fact is that he lied to his team about it. He's been disingenuous about it. And now he's going to come back, oh, I'm sorry. Of course you're sorry. cost you millions of dollars. It embarrassed the hell out of you and your family and everybody else. Of course you're sorry. not trying to hear that, dude. Mm -hmm. Do better. You know, show that you're better. But at the same time, I'm not the guy that's going to look at a 24-year-old kid and say this one thing is what defines your life because um, that's not fair either. You know what I mean? So the NFL needs to bang this guy's head a little bit. The suspension needs to be stiff. Um, and we can show fake outrage at the Browns if we want to, but the bottom line is somebody was going to sign the kid. How many and whether games? It was Eight games? Would you be happy with that? Uh, I would be happy season. with eight games. I don't expect eight games. I expect four to six. That's what I'm thinking too. Um, and here's the question that I'll pose to you next. And this, I think, if you think about it, is interesting. 
you know, in years gone by, teams like Dallas and New England, when they had a player conduct issue, it was kind of funny. People, oh, Jerry Jones just called Goodell and tell him how long he wants suspension to be done for, whatever. Had Kareem Hunt signed in Cleveland two years ago, I think Hunt might have been out for the year because that's where the NFL was with Cleveland. Yeah. But I'll tell you what they would have done, or they'll do instead this year when we come back. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Thanks for hanging out with us. we got an hour to go. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. Trent looking into his crystal ball just sent me a picture of Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant all in Nick's garb. And there's a decent chance that happens next year. I mean, I would say at this point that I don't know. I'd actually like to see it, kind of. I'd kind of, but I but would too, the, to be honest with you. But here's here's what I will say: is we were talking a little bit in the uh, in the open or opening hour, I suppose, um, about Steve Ballmer a little bit, the owner of the Clippers, forty million dollars net worth. This guy didn't give a damn about luxury cap anything. It, it just is immaterial. I think he's going to put a full court press on to bring KD down there which I don't think is going to be successful. I think he's going to the East Coast. And Kawhi Leonard. Um, as good the as the prospects are for L.A. to get this thing built and make the Clippers viable, the reason I think this is doomed not to happen, Zion, Kyrie, and KD, is because James Dolan might be the worst owner in all of sports. He's that bad. Because Zion's going to be in New Orleans. He, he might be. I mean, and, and we asked this, and I'll ask it again, Brandon. I want you to, to, to double down. If you're the Knicks and you have the number one pick in the 2019 draft, do you trade that for Anthony Davis? Or do you hold that and bring Zion to New York? I would bring Zion to New, Me too. New York. Me too. And, and for some reason, I just don't think that's what they'll do. I think they'll be enamored with, you know, an AD – in his prime, we got to get him at all costs, and they'll trade away the next LeBron James. We'll see. I did have a, a conversation with somebody the other day who tried desperately uh, 
to convince me that R.J. Barrett's the best player in this draft and that he has a higher upside than Zion Williamson. And my statement to him was that all 30 teams in the NBA would pick Zion Williamson with the first pick in the draft. Right. Is there any th- is there any set of circumstances any team that looks and they're like now we've got that covered you know great <laughs> athlete that can dunk on anybody score from anybody play hard on both ends of the floor we've got enough of those guys already the Lakers <laughs> <laughs> dude I, I just don't see how Zion Williamson can miss short of of getting injured. Uh, he's that freaking good. Although I do have to say, I am I'm really starting to dig Lawson out there at Kansas um, as a top of the draft guy. Who are the other alternatives out there at the top of the draft? I mean, that's we, a good we're question. Just way too far ahead, aren't we? Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? I I think R.J. Barrett is like a good NBA player, but I he's not RJ next level like. He's not next level like put seat a butts in seats player like Zion. Here's and and I don't know if we've said this on air before. By the way, I'm here. You didn't even. Yeah, my bad. Oh, and hey, yeah, Brandon Atkins showed up. His his alarm didn't go off. He was asleep. Yeah, like I only get up at around five p.m. (laughs) (laughs) He rolled out of bed. He's here. He's in his he's in his shower shoes and and bathrobe. Um, But no, welcome aboard, man. And I'm gonna give you a quick recap. Here's here's how we did the first hour. Right. Um, first of all, before I do that, let me not forget because I get chastised when I do forget. I will be at Libations 139 on Thursday at 630 doing trivia. Yes, it is Valentine's Day. Yes, we will be doing trivia. Yes, don't worry. My wife and I are celebrating Valentine's Day Wednesday so that I can do this on Thursday. I was worried. And it's so much easier to get a reservation on the day before Valentine's Day than it is Valentine's that's kind of our little secret. We kind of do that. And uh, we're going to Postmasters up in Cary. You been? No. We're kind of excited about that. It's supposed to be real good. Valentine's, by the way, Valentine's Day sucks. Yeah. It's just the worst holiday ever. I agree. Wow. I mean, what is. You guys, it's just quite the romantics up in here. I'm romantic 365 days a year. Apparently, you're romantic 364 days a year. Um, So I will be at Libations. Trivia, the theme this week will be Valentine's slash anti-Valentine's. People get upset when I do it and it's too sappy and it's all about flowers and candy and St. Valentine and all that. So there will be, among the categories, I assure you, there will be at at least one divorce slash cheater category. And I'll come up with some sort of Grinch category for Valentine's Day. What about the Valentine's Day massacre? massacre? Yes. That's not a bad idea. Uh, maybe we'll just just mafia and we'll tie it in. You yeah. Know, lead with St. Valentine's Day massacre. I, I I can get down with that. The best that you know, we'll do a mass shooting, but it has to be like romantic, you know, Romeo and Juliet kill each other type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deaths yeah, yeah. associated with Valentine's Day. I can, I, can do that. I can put something together. I can do that. So that's what's going on. New ownership over there. New prizes. The bar, if you haven't been in there, the bar is just dope. Oh, cool. God. So come check it out. I will be there. I want to send that. out with me on Valentine's Day. I might buy you some candy. I'm going to send that bar some flowers and candy. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's how much in that love is, I am with that, that place. That bar is my Valentine. Yeah. Smack it up. Flip it, Flip it, it. it down. Oh, no. Rub it down! 
Oh. All right, so here's the recap on the first hour. So the, there are five Ks involved in this situation. Clay Thompson, who's not leaving Golden State. Kevin Durant, who's headed to New York or Brooklyn. I am certain of it. Kimba Walker, horrible fit with LeBron James. Kimba is absolutely useless off the ball. And when it's all said and done, I think the reason they didn't pull the trigger on the Gasol deal was so that they could offer the biggest contract possible to Kimba, who seems happy to be there, even if they are kind of stuck at the eight line. Uh, The next is Kawhi. Kawhi, I think there's an outside chance. And if I'm L.A., I am doing everything, everything possible trying to get this guy. And then but you have we Kyrie liked- Irving. And the Kyrie Irving thing, even with the phone call and all that, Kyrie's not going back to play with LeBron again. It's not going to happen. Plus, I really think Kyrie wants to play in cl- as close to Jersey as possible, close to his roots, hometown thing, whether it's the Knicks or Brooklyn. I expect him to be there. Does anybody want to play with Mr. Glass, Kyrie Irving? I'm not sure that anybody does. I mean, that dude is hurt even on the small stuff all the time. And now, like, I mean, I don't know what what's the late latest prognosis of his late latest injury. I mean, he's day to day right now. Is his what knee the buckled? Is. He has a knee sprain. Yeah, and I mean, Kyrie, that is a, that is something that has to be taken into account with him. Um, and who knows? That guy may not leave Boston. I mean, you know, they are engaged, as Danny Ainge said. Maybe they consummate the marriage. Maybe they go. You know. Spend a weekend in the Hamptons together. I don't know what they do. But Kyrie, I don't think, is going to find his way to L.A., which leaves us with Boogie Cousins as really the only viable option in terms of free agents, which is funny because that goes all the way back to last year when the notion to somebody. It's mine. I'm sorry. So we go back to last year when the prospect of LeBron going to L.A. became a thing. Oh, well, they're going to go out there and they're going to sign Paul George and Boogie Cousins. They're going to have a super team. Well, the Paul George thing, they blew completely. Now Boogie Cousins, and this is the question I'll ask you. Boogie Cousins, if the Lakers wanted him, could have had him this year, period. And they decided not to. That pissed him off to the extent, as much as any team out there, that he was like, you know what? Screw all of you. I'm going to play for the mid-level exception for the Warriors. I don't think, knowing what I know about DeMarcus Cousins, that he's a guy that is going to let that be bygone and say, you know what? I know I was your plan F. I'm going to go out here and sign to be the wingman for LeBron James. What do you think? Specific to, like, Boogie Cousins, who knows what's going on in that guy's head? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he – I don't know. I think you shortchange – I'm not saying you. I think everybody shortchanges how smart LeBron James is. Like, you know what I mean? At this point, I'm not sure he needs, like, a super team. He could, like, sign a bunch of maybe free agents and stuff like that and build a team around him for the next three years. There is no chance – he gets anywhere near a ring if that's the, but if that's why, the strategy he Chris, I don't, you're always so negative about LeBron James and where he's going to be and who's going to want to play with him and who's going to do this. There's, I don't rule out AD. Like, I, I just don't think you can rule it out. Anthony Davis, I feel like, would prefer to play with in a Lakers uniform. Well, let me let me ask you. So this I mean, thing. but you're like talking about all these players that don't want to play and Kawhi's like, okay, well then that's. 
that's fine. I don't fine, necessarily but... think it's driven by the fact that they refuse to play with LeBron James. I don't think that it's like, ah, oh, we hate this guy and we don't want to play with him. I think it's just a matter of circumstances. And I don't think that LeBron is stupid. I think that LeBron may have overestimated people's desire to come play there because LeBron's playing there. So the circumstances just are what the circumstances are at this right. point. The Anthony Davis thing, I guess that it is possible that L.A. could offer more than they did at the trade deadline and bring A.D. to L.A., but I don't think, one, that they're willing to do that because they pretty much were willing to give up whatever. And I do still think that teams like the Knicks and the Celtics can make it more attractive. But I feel like the my name, main point has been the, the entire time is where does A.D. want to play? I, don't, I still don't think he stepped to the mic and said anything other than, yeah, I'd like to be in L.A. Like, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, regardless of all these teams and what they do and what they don't do, if he wants to be in L.A., he's going to be there. But if he's – okay, well, in a perfect world, if L.A. can't get the deal done, then he's there another year and a half from now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent in 2020. The the Pelicans are going to decide. That's next year. No, 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 no. I'm talking about 2020, 2021. He's under contract with the Pelicans next year. The Pelicans are absolutely 100% going to decide where he wants to go. And Magic Johnson. Not where he wants to go. Or where he does go. I mean, you can trade him if you want to. But, I mean. The Pelicans don't care if he re-signs where he goes wherever. If Danny Ainge wants to step up without an assurance that that Anthony Davis is going to resign, Pelicans don't care. They want to be able to walk away from this and feel like they didn't screw themselves. The issue that the Lakers created for themselves is true or not. Prior to AD's announcement, Clutch Sports, which is driven by LeBron James, drove this train and made the announcement and forced New Orleans hands. New Orleans didn't like that. The rest of the league didn't like that. Magic Johnson's already got popped on the knuckles once for tampering. There is obvious tampering going on. And now right behind this Anthony Davis thing that's got everybody so up at arms, now there's questions about whether Magic Johnson is tampering with Ben Simmons. Okay, hold on for a second. Go ahead. They've already come out on the ESPN and they've cleared the Lakers of tampering with Philly and Ben Simmons. What is tampering? Like, if you have a player... Like LeBron James that's got many businesses, and he says he wants to play with another player. To me, it sounds like a, a bunch of old, rich, white guys trying to like maintain control of their toys in the league. Like To me, it's like, it's oh, you guys can pick up the phone owner to owner and talk about these players, but like somebody like LeBron James can't say he wants to play with AD. Even to the point with the um, all-star selection, he, he LeBron James literally won't talk about Anthony Davis in any capacity. To me, that's ridiculous. And it's because all these guys who own these teams are like, they want to maintain all the control, but you can't. The players run this league, man. And it's time for the owners to just get over it. Like, it, it, you got to get over it. Okay, but the owners are the ones stroking the checks. That's fine, but they make a bunch of money on the backs of these players. I I, I would venture to tell you. I'll make that statement on the other side of the break. Welcome back, Brandon Atkins. 
We have 45 minutes to go. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We're in the middle of a sad story that Brandon was telling about the players and how downtrodden they are, the man trying to keep them down as they pay him $25 million a year. Who? Here's the thing. I don't agree. LeBron James? Disagree. Uh, who? What? Who, who's getting paid twenty five a year? Twenty five. Uh, it's on a max deal right now. Okay. LeBron gets thirty five a year. I, I, I got you. But I'm saying that most of these guys, and he's on a super max, but these guys that are on these max deals making twenty five to $30 million a year – and do they run the league? Yeah. And they run it at a level that none of our other professional sports see right now. And actually, I think it's great for the league that they do that. However, I want to ask you this one question. And if you can name me one person, then I will I will back off of LeBron forever. No pressure. Over the course of the last 10 years, name me one person in professional sports that's been more powerful than LeBron James. Just one. Active player? I'm Anybody. I'm talking about owner, a player, anybody that's been more powerful than LeBron James okay, over the last 10 years. Maybe I can't name one, but what's wrong with that? Here's the thing. There are a lot of folks out there, these owners that have invested billions of dollars, these other players that feel like I'm almost there, that are looking and they're like, we're tired of this dude thinking he runs the entire league, not just a team. But trying to manipulate the entire league. There are folks out there, and I'm telling you, the backlash that New Orleans got and the feedback they got from the other owners had a lot to do with them being unwilling to do a deal as the team that was going to lace LeBron James and send Anthony Davis there. That is a fact. It's not my okay, It's so not my, my personal bias against LeBron. I'm, I'm not biased against LeBron because I say he's the second best player in the history of basketball. I give the dude his due. And I, I respect an argument that he's number one, but I know for certain that there are organizations out there that are like, enough is enough. This guy's not just going to do this again like he did in Miami and manipulate and win a championship. He did that, and it was an absolute masterstroke. If Jordan had been capable of doing it, or Magic Johnson, or Bird, or anybody else before that, I would have given them that kind well, the of The game's changed since then. It's How like it's a totally changed? different. Because the players weren't aware of their own power. Like, they're getting paid so much money. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they didn't have the power of them, but as we go move forward, these players are aware. Look at Kevin Durant, dude. That dude dictates every move that he makes. He was, like, on a super team and, like, forced his way out of OKC just because he didn't like how Westbrook – finished games now he goes to golden state gets a couple of rings mvps now he's off to new york or wherever he's gonna go 
Nobody complains about Kevin Durant. But but Kevin Durant never forced his way out anywhere. He played his contract out in OKC. Then he went to Golden State and signed a contract there. And if he leaves at the end of this year, he will have played out his contract. He's never forced his way out anywhere. Chris, you and I agree on a lot of stuff. Like we're we see eye to eye on most things. I just think it's weird that people are calling tampering on LeBron James. When it's clear that the rest of the league is colluding against LeBron James in his in his efforts to attract players to go get more rings, they just don't like. You're right. They didn't like how he handled Miami. That was new for everybody. And you got a bunch of guys. There's there's an owner in a franchise that you know he made his billions on predatory. Uh, um, Automobile loans, p- putting people in cars that they had no business to be in. Now he's a billionaire, and you want me to feel sorry for this guy because there's I'm a player. You feel sorry for him. I think there's a player that wants to like dictate road. his own future. Here's the thing. Okay, I, it's interesting that you characterized it as that, but I'll say this one thing: If LeBron James wants to own an NBA franchise, he can go buy one, and he probably will at some point. Probably be a very fun owner to watch. It'll be entertaining. Yeah. But here's the thing. You say, well, why should anybody look? Name me one other player. One other player in any sport that is actively recruiting players that are under contract with another team anywhere in sports right now. There's it's no, not happening. There's no other sport where recruiting another player can make have an impact. Like Every the NBA. other sport has that. Nope. No. They absolutely have tampering charges. You get tampering penalties in baseball and football with regularity. Okay, I'm I'm not saying that there's not tampering in other sports, but I'm just saying if I'm like a quarterback and I go try to get Antonio Brown that's not happy with the Pittsburgh, okay, I still got to like field 56 other players to actually have a winning team. The NBA, the reason it's so, you know, relevant to our conversation is because you really only need about four really good players on the starting five. hundred percent. And so that's why it's like, so in people's faces, but you know what? I'm sorry. That's how the rules are. Like you can't tell, give me one other example of a player in the NBA right now where you can put your finger on any public statement or activity that they've ever done to recruit somebody. I don't know why it's probably happened, but it's, um, LeBron James is very – he's effective. He he did it. He pulled it off. So, I'm sorry. If you're going to put everybody on one um, world USA, USA team and have them bunking together and going out together, they're going to talk. Okay? But, but Brandon, That's not it's, tampering. It's not I would that, like to play with you at some I, time. I got you. And, if, and if, if Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are having dinner right now and they're making plans that, hey, at the end of the year, we're going to go to the Brooklyn Nets and be there, cool. But LeBron James has done this and thumbed his nose at the world and been like, How? the rules, screw your rules. Rich Clutch Sports made the announcement, Anthony Davis is leaving and you're going to trade him to the Lakers. Clutch Sports is run by LeBron James. I don't think he runs it. He, it's, oh my God, it's his company. I don't think he runs Rich it. Rich Paul is nobody. LeBron created him and created Clutch Sports. There is no doubt LeBron orchestrated this. There was the LeBron, it was made public by LeBron's people that he and Anthony Davis had gone to meal together. There was no reason for that to be made public. 
There was no reason at all. And this thing with Ben Simmons, the league is real quick to say, no, 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 that didn't, there was nothing. There was nothing. Guess who represents Ben Simmons? Clutch freaking sports. And it's against the rules, the players' union rules, for a, a player to have an ownership stake in an agency. They are pretending that it doesn't happen. It absolutely is. There is not a single move made by Clutch Sports that is not dictated by LeBron. And the rest of the league is like, dude, this is not cool. Why is it not cool? I don't understand. Why can't somebody want to play where they want to play? Because they're under contract. If you ask Larry Bird, Should we blow can I play with Magic Johnson? What do you think his answer is going to be? He would have said, hell no. Him and, him and Magic hated each other. They, okay. Um, how about Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing? Maybe they would have wanted to play together. Okay. I, but here's the thing. Contracts. And here's the deal. That Here's what you're, not, you're, you're leaving out of this. Is that the NBA, to be viable, has to have 30 legitimate franchises. You can't have three that are... Dominant, there it, it won't work that way. You've got to fill arenas in Charlotte and Minneapolis and around the world. And you know year what? I, in year out, there's going to be the haves and the have-nots. I get that piece, but it can't be wherever the players decide they want to play right now is going to be that franchise. I mean, if you take this a step further, why not have six or seven of these guys that come in and say, you know what, we're going to go together, and instead of any of us having max deals, we're just going to sign for 17 or $18 million a apiece for a couple years, win rings, and then go our own ways. Okay, well, I mean, so what Dirk Nowitzki did in Dallas was wrong because he took a pay cut. Dirk is horrible Or what now. Brady, Tom Brady does in the NFL and taking pay cuts so they can afford offensive, what defensive pay lines. What did, did LeBron James take? No, I mean he hasn't taken one. But, I'm, point but, exactly. but you you just brought up the salary, man. I got you. But if LeBron wanted to take a pay cut and said, you know what, I'm gonna take less so that these guys come out here, I might feel a little bit different way. But Didn't he's been KD on take a pay cut? Who? KD. KD's he took a little a bit of a pay cut. Years, and that's why yeah. he's like, now I've given you the whole. So pay now cut you don't. I'm out. So you don't like the Golden State situation, the super team that they put together. The how much? How, well, how is that that much different? It's it's completely different because the core of that team is still Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, who were all drafted by the Golden State Warriors. So what if LeBron if, wanted to go to play with Golden State and say, "I'll take ten million a year"? Go ahead. That's absolutely go ahead. But you still if, have the super Brandon, team the situation. State team, the super team situation had LA not screwed up the draft. And taken Ingram and Ball. Let's say they had taken Jason Tatum. Let's say that Brandon Ingram, they'd actually developed into a star. Now, damn, you got Tatum, a star in Ingram, and LeBron. You've got a super team. L.A. is not doing anything else well. They did get the Kuzma pick right. But Lonzo Ball, you and I sat here for six months. Lonzo Ball cannot be a star in the NBA because he cannot shoot the basketball. They didn't see that. They took him. They succumbed to his daddy. Now they pissed his daddy off, and his daddy wants to go to Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Scottsdale. It just doesn't make any sense. But the Lakers, and if they do, if this offseason, during the offseason period, if they attract Kawhi and Boogie, good for them. But midseason, when you've got a small market team like New Orleans, New Orleans only gets one go at this. They're in good faith trying to negotiate to keep Anthony Davis there. And if Anthony Davis doesn't want to go, that's cool. That's fine. Even if Anthony Davis comes out and says, you know what? I have thought about it. I've prayed about it. I've whatever. And I'm not going to resign. I would appreciate being dealt. That's cool. But not send me to L.A. And then he comes back after he's fined and tampers at, oh, well, no, 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 not just L.A. I'll go to L.A., New York, 
the Clippers or the Bucks. That that is non-productive. So we need to take all of Kobe Bryant's rings away. Why? Because he refused to play for he went Charlotte. Under contract. He got drafted he by the contract. Hornets. Well, okay. Well, um, it's still the same thing. It's not like if and he Kobe, refused. We can, we I will a, play for L.A. or nowhere else. Dude. You wasted a draft pick on that guy. You got to take wipe out all five of his rings because he would have never been in the Lakers. He got traded straight up for Vladi Divac, and you got to. It's the same thing. He might have won three rings with the Hornets. I mean, your, your perspective on what Kobe was coming out of high school and mine are completely different, and we're never going to see eye to eye on that. He was not Kevin Garnett. My point is that – He was not LeBron James. LeBron and, James is not the first one to try to flex on ownership to get what he wants. He's just been the most effective. And if that pisses people off, that's a them problem. And all these owners that want to, like, compete – that's a you problem. You you guys fix it. Maybe I think they're in the midst of fixing it. They watched him do it in because Miami. they're they're going to call it tampering and they, like and dude, like get into like some kind of legal tampering battle. Tampering charges. If you look at the rules that have been loosely enforced, there is no doubt that those rules are being violated. But no, there is none. Now, if they want to get rid of the rules, have the players union negotiate and get rid of the rules. I, I'm okay with that. But you're saying he's the first one to flex. He is. This is unprecedented. He's the first one to be and now effective. Now he's getting pushback. He's like, oh my god. And I'm just telling you, I don't think anybody's coming out there. And he's going to be stuck on an island with Lonzo Ball. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, so that, that spilled over into the, into the uh, break. Brandon says that the NBA owners are colluding against LeBron James. I agree. I think LeBron James ought to jump in to Colin Kaepernick's suit, and they ought to name the NBA right along the NFL, and both of them cry collusion. Look, no, you're right. Nobody has ever flexed against the NBA owners the way that LeBron has. Did he think that these billionaires were just going to be like, okay, LeBron, sure, okay? No, I don't. I don't think they should. But I also don't. I'm not going to be like playing my violin for these guys. Never in a mi- minute have I ever had a nightmare 
are stressed at night, losing sleep over a billionaire NBA. I'm not losing any sleep either, but here's my thing is that yes, this worked once in Miami. And he and Chris Bosch pulled it off. They went down there to Miami. It was great. It was a cool story. Nobody'd ever seen anything like it. But here's the thing is he created this situation where the perspective of these players was, man, I got to go with somebody somewhere. We got to be two or three stars because that's how the league is going to work from now on. I mean, think back, you know, it's always been a star-driven league, but you think about these rosters, it was seven, eight, oh man, they had so-and-so coming off the bench. It ain't that way anymore. It's all about the five that you can put out there. If you got two or three, you're really good. If you got four, you're awesome. Now, all of these teams have squared up and become that. Let me tell you something. LeBron is the best player in the world at the game of basketball today. LeBron could not possibly, this next offseason, find players that could create a better starting five than the Philadelphia 76ers have right now. Just not possible. No. I don't and before we go that, because I'm what Tobias Harris, dope. I'm all about moving on. But th- there's not been one pro of the big three, big four, big three pro team that's been sold for a loss, right, in the last, I don't know, decade. That's probably a true statement, yeah. So you're making – you might buy it for $3 billion and you, a couple of years later you sell it for like $5 billion. So my point is, is that nobody feels sorry for all these owners, man. I mean, they buy a team – if you want to keep AD, how about you do something? Put butts in seats. Wait a minute. Like, my thing is, it wasn't for lack of trying. Don't don't forget, they went and mortgaged their future to bring Boogie Cousins in. Boogie Cousins, they're, they're looking good last year. Boogie blows his Achilles out. I mean, it's not for lack of trying. Drew Holiday's down there. But they, they, were, they, already shopping, they were already shopping Boogie, though. What do you mean? Before he got hurt, he, they were shopping boogie because he wouldn't resign. Okay, but it, it well, wasn't that's for a you problem and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to to come down in favor of New Orleans here. But there are some teams out there, and you look, and it's like, God, aren't you going to make a move? Look at Charlotte, dude. What, do something. You know, the trade deadline is coming, gone. You're hovering there at that seven or eight line. Do something. I'm with you 100%, and we can move on. I just never thought my buddy Kristen Lambert would feel bad about billionaire <laughs> team owners. Like, you're really, you know. I'm going to send them Valentine's you're Day You're beating cards. the drum for these guys, and I'm like, what are you even this, talking about? You missed this the is first unprecedented. Hour. I, would, I would challenge you to go back and listen to the first hour because it was not anti-LeBron. It's just looking at the possible pieces that are out there, and right. I don't feel like any of them are going to land with the Lakers. And you can't create a situation where it doesn't exist. And if we get through the 2019 free agent period and into 2020, that 2020 class as it stands now is trashed. It's Anthony Davis who's already going to be under contract somewhere. And for all we know, it could be L.A. And Porzingis, who may or may not ever make it out of Dallas because Mark Cuban's going to put the full court press on trying to keep him. So my point, the whole thing was started with, If LeBron doesn't get one of these guys or two of these guys this year, he may have to retire without ever having challenged for a ring in L.A. because it's just not going to happen. And and that's possible, but that's bad for the league. Like What? If LeBron James is not challenging for another ring here in the next three or four years, it's bad for the league. You're talking about – I think he's the best player that's ever lived. 
You say he's the <laughs> second best player ever uh-huh. lived. What if we were talking about Michael Jordan right now and he couldn't get any help? We're, look how bad it was for the league when he was playing Washington. Okay. He's like oh, oh. he's got like Kwame Brown, and they're struggling to we like. Moved make, on. Okay, let, we let's, moved on. Okay, let's to Shaq let's, let's and reset Kobe. that a little bit because I would first of all for a really eight year period, Michael Jordan elevated the NBA into new heights. He took the mantle from Bird and Magic and right. took it. Jordan aging out was a contributing factor to the NBA's demise. But come on, we know better than that. It was iso ball when everybody became exclusively isolation. Nobody wanted to watch that. That is what hurt the NBA. I'm here to tell you, LeBron has been great. It's been a great run. The next great player is in waiting. And I don't know if it's Steph Curry taking his game to another level. I don't know if it's KD. I don't. It might be Anthony Davis. It could be that kid from Duke. Zion Williamson, if he's as good as we think he is, give him three or four years as LeBron retires, and he's the next guy. I think the NBA right now is safe. And the other thing, and this pivots into something else I want to talk about, the NBA, don't be confused, NFL. You're not safe. The NFL and the NBA have one distinct difference between them right now. The bad guys in the NBA, we don't like them because they're out there on social media griping about things or they mess with somebody in the locker room like KD did. There is no domestic violence with these guys. There are no drug charges and arrests with the top-tier players in the NBA. It's not happening. But then you look at the NFL and you look at Kareem Hunt. You look at all this nonsense now that's going on with with Antonio Brown. You know, we're talking about Anthony Davis. Well, Anthony Davis shouldn't have said this and tried to exercise his power. Dude, what he did, Jesus Christ, how much tamer was it than what we saw with Le'Veon Bell and now Antonio Brown? I commend with how AD handled it. Uh, me too. He wanted to come out far earlier. I think he did the Pelicans a favor by like, I, waiting I as long as he did. I don't disagree with you. I just think that it was the way it was handled, the fact that it was thrown in there. And maybe it's the media. Maybe the media is culpable. Maybe if they'd just left it alone and say, hey, look, Antonio, you know, Anthony Davis has notified the the Pelicans he's not going to sign. You know, this is what's going on. But, you know, the word from jump was this is what's going to go down. He only wants to go to Lakers. That's where he's going to wind up. So we'll see. But my point with the NFL is that middle America, we're looking at you, NFL, right now. And we're not really happy with what we see. It's hard to come down. We talked about this earlier with Kareem Hunt. Somebody was going to sign him. I'm not going to take a dump on the Browns because if they hadn't signed him, somebody would. The NFL is going to suspend him. But six months from now, we won't be thinking about the fact that he beat a girl, kicked a girl, whatever on video. It'll just be another thing. But it happens so much more often in the NFL. Now, granted, it's because you got 53 guys on a team instead of 15 in the NBA. So you're three or four more times just likely because you have that many more bodies. But look at Antonio Brown. Who in middle America right now is looking at Antonio Brown and being like, yeah, nobody. This guy's the, he was the highest paid wide receiver in football, and he's mad now because Ben disrespected him. Shut up, dude. I have a, I have a destination for him, though. Where's he going? Panthers. He and Cam Newton are buddies. Like and they're kind of close. They've been pictured together, 
Hey, don't I'm I'm just I'm throwing it out there. He may be a Panther next year. Very very interesting. I don't know what you know how the trade's going to work out or whatever the case may be. And <laughs> I think Cam Newton's kind of nutty and stuff like that. So maybe the, he ends up there. But long story short, yeah, I mean Cam Newton and Antonio Brown in the same locker room. That sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I was a beat reporter for the Panthers. I'm wondering that'll be crazy. I'm just wondering if the NF the NBA has a better system in terms of um what I want to say training their players to keep things a little more low key cuz remember it was about t- 15 years ago Jason Williams shot somebody in his house with a shotgun well, some crazy I mean, stuff we're, we're old enough to remember Trent probably too you're a couple years younger but think about the late 70s early 80s the NBA just collapsed on itself cocaine People like, get- killed the league, man. It was ruining lives. These guys were – it was a mess. And then move on through bird and magic, save the league. And I'm not overstating it when I say that. It was not a serious – it was not a major sport in America. I don't think kids today get that, that before bird and magic, the NBA was not on TV. Nobody kept up with it. And it was just this thing. You know, the ABA kind of came and went, and it was legendary and all the rest of that as we move forward. But basketball was a third or fourth tier sport. Magic and Bird come along, bring it into the consciousness. Jordan drives it to that next level, and LeBron has admirably elevated it even farther. But I'm telling you that NFL, first of all, has oversaturated. One of the things that's always made the NFL great was scarcity. Now we have football on all the time. Now we have the AAF on all all the time. And yeah, fantasy football, it's great. But oversaturation, but you've got to understand that we want to identify with these athletes. And what gets the most pub is Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Kareem Hunt and this nonsense. It's turning folks off. Not to mention participation at the youth youth level is down at least 20% in the last couple of years. Okay, well. Be careful, NFL, because the NBA – could catch you. It hadn't been that long ago. I mean, if you think back, there, think back to the Jordan era NBA. NBA was bigger than the NFL. NFL has the perfect product. It's essentially indestructible. You cannot mess it up. They got the perfect perfect product. You Major can't do League any Baseball better. felt and that if, way twenty five years ago. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, MLB like just lost. They had a, would have had a major coup if they had Kyler Murray going to the athletics. No, they wouldn't have. But they didn't get him, and he went to play quarterback in the NFL. And I went to Redbox a couple of nights ago, NFL Live. Who do you think is on the cover of that? Todd Gurley. Antonio Brown. <laughs> okay, so I think they're going to do just fine. But, you know, the thing about it is NFL can't – you could try to screw up the NFL and you couldn't do it right now because they got yahoos like me and you are going to tune in uh, I'm down, and I'm not time. saying that the NFL is going to die. What I'm saying is right now, this past year, 38 of the top 50 programs on TV were NFL games. That's crazy. They're dominating. It's not just sports that they're dominating. They're dominating entertainment. I'll follow up on that on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright, welcome back. Trent's around here somewhere. I don't think I've heard his voice in 45 minutes. Brandon came in and we got to argue and Trent is taking a nap. So, I don't know. He's around here somewhere. My point with the NFL is the NFL isn't just the biggest thing in sports, right? It's the biggest thing in entertainment. Right. It really, really is. What I'm what I'm suggesting is not that somehow in the next 18 months the NBA is going to be bigger than the NFL. What I'm saying is that the NBA has the opportunity to chip away and make inroads into some of that market share. Baseball is dead. And baseball could not have, have pronounced its deadness any better than it has this past offseason. Trent. Where is Bryce Harper going to play baseball this year, dude? Pitchers and catchers have reported, have they not? <coughs> they have. Where's Bryce Harper going to play? The... LeBron made his decision last year. It was the biggest news in sports for a week. This is all uh Scott those... Boris. Yeah, Scott Flexing Boris and all on those owners. Rich, the, yeah, the owners uh not wanting to pay and the best deal that's come down is a short-term deal with the Giants, but Bryce said he's not doing it. Let so me tell you something right now. I have now. no idea where he's going. If Bryce Harper goes to San Francisco, it will be the absolute worst move of his career. Wow. If he, can, In fact, I'll, I'll take that back. If he goes to the National League West anywhere, it'll be the worst move he can make. Is but the married? Giants in particular. He is married. His wife is a, a Buckeye alum, as a matter of fact. The problem out West, San Francisco – Dude, he's not Barry Bonds. He's not going to go out there and hit 60 home runs. He won't hit 30 in well, San Francisco. That's my point. Not knowing anything about, about baseball, he's got a wife and he can like spend his billions in San Fran. There's worse things to happen, bro. I got you. But this is a kid that's 25 years old that is on a trajectory to be one of the greatest players numeric, you know, from a number standpoint that's ever played. San Francisco would wreck his career. He he will not hit more than thirty home runs in in San Francisco. It is a I think he's going doom. to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That would be something if they pull it off. No, but that's not even even been rumored. That would just be cool. That would be cool for him and Mike Trout to play together. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be something. But the thing with it is, is that so baseball he, this entire off season has had the opportunity to turn this Bryce Harper thing into a talking point. Two guys. And, and, inst- and instead, what has been the rumor that has led every dog on talk show, every internet site, everything? Where's JT Rail Muto going to be traded to? JT, who the fuck? What? JT Rail Muto. Potty mouth. Are you kidding me? And we went round and round and round for full two months, and this guy finally gets dealt. Yeehaw. And well, you, you know, know what the impact is? Nothing. Is. The pitchers and catchers are reporting, so spring trading starting, and the only thing we can talk about in baseball is who? Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray. And you said it would be in a boom for the NLB. I I think this kid absolutely got it right. And in the next 10 minutes, I want you to explain why he's not worthy of being the number one pick in the draft. Okay. Now? Have it. Have at it. Yeah, we got like 10 minutes left. Okay. Well, no pressure here. Um, first of all, 
Arizona does not feel like they need a quarterback right now. They're so, going to so, trade Josh Rosen before. You think the draft. that? I so are have you going to? No doubt. You just want to spe- speak for me. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. Um, he's got, I guess, the new coach at Cliff Arizona. Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. I think some there's an agent relationship between him and Kyler Murray somewhere down the road where it may maybe they would want. I'm not sold on this dude. This dude's what, 5'10"? He probably isn't 5'10". I think he's going to measure in in bare feet at somewhere around 5'8 and a half, 5'9". I'm going to tell you right now, his combine performance will be legendary. That's how I feel. It will be, but, you know, they've already said his – I've seen the scouting report on baseball with Kyler Murray. He does not have a strong arm in baseball. According to like everybody who's looked at him, he does not have a strong, one of the strongest center field arms in that would be in the MLB, and he's borderline all star, like at that position. For some reason, he can sling the football, but if he's like five eight and a half or five nine, man, you better run your behind off if you're going to be successful in this league. Drew Brees is the only thing. Uh, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. Okay, here's. A, I, I want to ask you a question. Okay, and this is a legit question. Okay, because I'm not trying to be a smartass when I say this. How many times have you ever watched Russell Wilson play in the NFL and thought, man, if he was just a little bit taller, he'd be better? I've made this argument a million times. Okay, I think the whole well, he's got to be six five. I think it's stupid, but you know the thing about it is. He's in the best offense at Oklahoma in the, for anybody in the league. I think he's a smart kid. I think he's going to be interesting to to like hear from and stuff like that. I think he's very intelligent and all that jazz. But just running, that's not going. He may do. He may have the best forty of any quarterback that's ever like been to the combine. Here's the here's the thing. And they they talk about his accuracy, but dude. When you play zero defense and your wide receivers are open by 10, 15 yards every time, like, how can you not be accurate? The combine's going to tell the tale. And I think when teams get a chance to go out there and watch him throw the ball against the rest of this quarterback class, I think his arm talent will be at the very top in terms of accuracy and throwing power. I just feel that way. To make to, to, to feel like this is a run-first athletic quarterback, I think people that believe that do that at their peril. I honestly believe that in the right system, if you want to spread it out, I think Kyler Murray can succeed in the NFL as a pocket passer at the highest level. I feel that way. I may get burnt, and I'm not a GM, and I'm not the one that has to be a guy to go burn a first-round pick on a cat that's 5'9". Kyler Murray, to me, transcends that height barrier. Just does. And I'm going to tell you, as much as I still think Baker Mayfield is overrated, and I think Baker Mayfield will come back to the pack a little bit in the next couple of years and maybe even flame out, Baker Mayfield is not much bigger than Kyler Murray. The difference between the two of them is that Baker Mayfield is a gritty little guy that's got a little quicks. Kyler Murray is a guy that will go 65 yards on you in the blink of an eye. Right. He's Lamar Jackson, but accurate. And Lamar Jackson, I went on, I was on record a year or two ago. I said Lamar Jackson might be the best, most effective college quarterback I'd ever seen. 
His arm did not translate to the NFL thus far. He's in that gadget offense. Anybody that thinks that that kind of situation exists with Kyler Murray is confused. Kyler Murray at Oklahoma threw the ball every bit as well as Baker Mayfield. And the difference between the two of them was Kyler Murray doesn't have that built-in, genetically pre-programmed need to take a chance the way that Baker Mayfield did. I think he's a better decision maker, and when it comes to the athleticism, what he does out there in terms of quicks and the 40 is going to be off the charts as far as quarterbacks are concerned. I want to see Kyler Murray succeed. I want to see Kyler Murray succeed for all of the 5'8", 5'10", 5'11", athletes that are out there playing football in high school. I want this kid to get it done. I like the kid a lot. The fact that he was he isn't even fighting for that bonus money from the A's. They paid him 1.5. He gave him back almost 1.3. He's like, hey, that's what I got left. I love that he stepped up and did that and that he's going to take this shot. Yeah, does he have a nice golden parachute if if it doesn't work out? Yeah, he can probably go play baseball. But the ceiling for a second baseman or an undersized center fielder versus being the starting quarterback in the premium sport in America, in the premium league, at the premium position, dude, you'd be a fool not to take that. And I like that he did it. I don't disagree with anything that you said. I mean, think about how many players who like could have been maybe not dual sports, but it was up in the air. Why would you not want to be a quarterback? Why would you not want to be QB1 in the NFL? Amen. Even if you're making the lowest cheddar for Amen. any. I mean, if I'm going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL – if I'm seven years old right now and you ask me one thing I wanted to be like as an athlete, that's got to be it, man. Nobody's trying to go pitch for the Yankees or play center field or, or whatever the case might be. Dude, a starting quarterback in the NFL, that is the definitive thing in American sports right now, and it's what drives it. I love that Kyler Murray's taking his shot. I really honestly, and we, we had this and, and, discussion off the air earlier, I really do believe, first of all, that Josh Rosen's not a good fit for the offense that Kingsbury's going to run in Arizona. I do expect them to shop and see if they can move him. Uh, the Giants would be an inter- interesting landing spot. Um, and well, I would not be surprised at all. And well, Trent, the, Trent even, sent us a video. I don't know if you watched it a month, month and a half ago, where Kingsbury is on record before he was ever even a, a whisper in Arizona saying, I'd take Kyler Murray with the first pick in the draft. And – his baseball career wasn't always that great. Didn't he like he he had to go to a, a didn't he go to a JUCO route after I have to like play like what is it called the Cal League or something like that before he, he ended up in Oklahoma and then I guess in his junior year is this this is his junior year yes so he had a good season in baseball this yeah. past and, season and for people that and, don't and then follow he, all of a sudden he's like the ninth pick in the draft I'm like he went from not being that great to all of a sudden the ninth pick in the draft football all the way bro you made the I, right decision I, I agree 100 percent and for folks that I mean you're forgiven out there if you don't understand the baseball draft because they don't know what to do with it and there's no publicity the ninth pick in the in the major league draft, there is that is nothing like a dead set certainty they're ever going to see major leagues, um, and certainly not a certainty that they're going to have an all star career. It's a completely different animal. The odds are probably what would you say, Trent? Sixty percent that he ever even made it to the show. Yeah, if that. And the chances of him being a star in the major leagues. Remote. Yeah, but you got to remember, two or three years ago, he would have been the number one pick in baseball. Coming out of high school. Yeah. 
He would have been the then, number one pick. Then he went and played baseball, and he like well, sucked. No, but still, they so, say he would have been think the number I one got, pick in baseball. I think I personally got drafted by MLB team when I was in high school, and I didn't play since I was like. I, I think know, you like, got drafted again this past year. 12, didn't, they get in, didn't they get in touch with you? The Mariners took anybody like, get drafted in baseball. Round. I think everybody at this table got drafted in baseball. Everybody gets drafted in baseball. I didn't he made the right pick, Chris. I'm not going to argue with you. But what, what would you rather do? Go play for an NFL team as QB1, even if it lasted only for one year? Or go get buried in someone's – some small town farm system out there? Well, that's the other piece of it too, man, that I was half joking about today. I was having a conversation with somebody, and I said, you know, he's got a chance to go – you know, luxury, first class all the way, and be even if he's a backup quarterback this next year, or he can be on a bus between Spokane and Tulsa, you know, for the next 200 days. No, dude, minor league baseball ain't no fun. It's not fun. It ain't no fun. He's done the right thing, and yeah, it cost him a million three so far, but it'll be all right. And and again, if it if it doesn't work out, it's not going to take three or four years for Kyler Murray to know whether or not he can play quarterback in the NFL. That first training camp is going to be a good message, but by year two, we all understand whether this kid can get it done or not. If he can't, go and, and play baseball. And if he's not any good, go some play idiot will draft you high. I promise you in the NFL, dude. They're people of the moment. Baker Mayfield, I'm still laughing at the fact that dude got picked number one overall. Think about that for a second. That dude got picked number one overall. And maybe he has the it factor, but I just don't. Yeah, he he made some plays. He also made some really dumb plays for Cleveland. Indeed. Indeed. Guys, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up here? Um, y'all, did, did y'all touch on uh, Corey McGetty yet? No, hadn't even mentioned it. Corey McGetty's been charged with rape, or not charged, because it's statute of limitations run and all the rest of that. But there is an allegation. Um, depends on your perspective how strong that may or may not be. He but- took – he took money during the 99 season when they're in the, in the championship game, and he's now accused of rape. How yes. does does Duke have a special version of Teflon that I've never been able to, to find before? I just don't understand. He literally is proven to take money in the 99 season, and he's accused of rape. Duke, not touched up at all. We'll get to that next week. We'll see what happens with these allegations, for one. Corey McGetty says he's innocent. I don't know. See ya. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.